the man who stands before you as king of the world. Even though we fight, we survive in the toughest valley in the world. We have no fear because guess what? We own the valley and that valley happens to be the Valley of Wrestling Podcast. Every podcaster steps into the interweb with us, pays mortgage to us with pain, with humiliation, while they get some color. (laughs) Guys, welcome to episode 29 of Getting Some Color. I almost said our other show. Uh, But we are here. We are doing WCW Saturday night, uh, March 20th of 1993, and WWF Raw March 22nd, 1993, where we're going back and we're watching old episodes. And we're also going to talk about some some news, uh, more in AEW realm, uh, maybe a little bit NXT-ish, um, but uh, we'll, 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 I, I think we should get into it. Uh, by the way, that Vader promo is amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, that's always a giveaway. If I do a promo in the beginning of the show... That's like, that was my favorite promo for all the programming we did. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So remember last episode, we talked, I don't know if we talked about it or we, or we, you know, talked in messenger, but big show came out on dynamite and said, we have a hall of fame worthy signing and it will be revealed at revolution, which AEW's revolution is kind of like their mania. Um, because it's their biggest show. Um, and I mean, it's only been two years, but it's their biggest show that usually uh, contends with uh, WrestleMania season. Um, mm-hmm. So, ADW Revolution happens, and people were wondering. People were wondering because they were like, Hall of Fame worthy. Now, is that Batista? No. Was that John Cena? No. I mean, whoever thought John Cena was going to be in AEW when he's literally like Hulk Hogan. Well, actually, Hulk Hogan switched to WCW. I I won't say him. He's kind of like The Undertaker. He's loyal to Vince McMahon. He's never going to leave. People thought The Rock, but The Rock is already Hall of Fame. People thought Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was like, stupid. Why would he do that? He has a show on the WWE Network. Um, so, people were thinking Brock Lesnar because Brock Lesnar's not in WrestleMania. So, they were thinking maybe they signed Brock for some strange reason. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, fast forward to Revolution and comes out the entrance is Christian Cage. Brother. Having his evidence type of music intro um it's his tna uh entrance song comes out goes in the middle of the ring signs a contract leaves the contract in the ring and then walks off the internet broke people were pissed uh because and this is aew's fault because you could have just not have big show come out and say we have a Hall of Fame worthy signing and then like hype it up for revolution. I don't believe Christian is paper pew paper pew. Pay per view <laughs> draw, in my opinion. 
I don't think he's a heavyweight champion. He started getting like that with Randy Orton. Remember the one more match kind of thing when he was a heel? Yeah. But, but even when he was doing that thing, he was more of a comedic heel still. Remember? Because he would get his ass kicked by Randy Orton. And then Christian would go, I need one more match. And it just got out of control because probably Vince thought it was funny that he keeps on asking for one more match. Um, I, I, I think this, I, I, and I'm not shooting on Christian. Um, I think if he would have came out without like the hype, I think people would have marked out a little bit because I think people were like, oh my God, Christian's here. But then you'll have the other people like, oh, look, they're they're like WCW and, and, and Impact just signing old people, which they are, you know, staying now Christian. Who else is next? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that that would kill the company, by the way. If you if you sign Hulk Hogan, you're done. Um, Especially but, that crowd. Yeah. But anyway, what is your opinion on Christian? I've always liked Christian. I thought I always thought he was a great wrestler. He's a great promo. Uh, his problem has been honestly stuff that's beyond his control, in my opinion. It's like I don't know how true some of this stuff is. I'm about to say, but there's always been like rumors and reports going around that Vince never really saw Christian as like a top talent, and he always wanted to do things that would kind of embarrass him or put him in like a comedic kind of role and shit. Mm -hmm. Like there was a story going around. I don't know who told it. It could have been like Bruce Pritchard or Brian Gewurz or something like that. And anything Bruce Pritchard says, you can always take with a grain of salt in my opinion. But um, he said something like one time he wanted to do this thing with Christian where like he would, this has something to do with like the OJ Simpson trial or whatever. They used to do this thing where they put like a blue dot over somebody's face to censor their face or something mm -hmm. in the court or something. I, I don't really remember. I wasn't there. This is just what I heard it when I, in the interview or something, he wanted to do that to Christian. He wanted to put a blue dot over his face on the air because he thought he had a rat face or something. <laughs> like he, like he's like, he's got a face like a rat pal. And I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. Doesn't um, doesn't sound like something. I mean, it does sound like something Vince would do or say. It kind of does, and it kind of doesn't. Because then you hear stories about how cool of a guy he is sometimes too. I honestly don't know what the fuck to think. Mm. <laughs> Just, uh, but uh, I can say, oh yeah, like when you know when Christian finally did get his on top run in WWE, so to speak after edge was forced to retire, he got like a sympathy run and turned heel because of Orton. Mm -hmm. And the, yeah, it was kind of funny, but it was also, he was putting on good matches with Orton. But, uh, I mean, when he was in TNA, they made him their world champion a couple times. I think, I don't know how good his run was there. I, I didn't, I wasn't watching at the time. And Christian was an ECW champion when ECW started becoming, you know, during the early two thousands for uh WWE. He was an ECW champion. Yeah. That was, again, he was in there putting in work, putting on good matches with people. Um, I also remember when he was Christian champion of Europe, <laughs> uh, and uh, I remember when he teamed with Jericho and they had the ass cream and 
uh, they, they turned his initial super heel turn around that time, which is like where I feel like he was really coming into his own. Mm-hmm. He turned on Jericho and shit. That was cool. But uh, they need to bring back the European Championship. Why they have too many belts as it is, and they don't pay enough attention to them. True. Too <laughs> like, I would say, yeah, sure. If they would like treat their secondary titles as like you know, if they remembered them once in a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Christian is a big get for them, actually, especially because it was like he came back out of nowhere. Everybody kind of thought he was done anyway, and he never really talked about coming back. And he just did. Well, didn't he have a head concussion? And then, like, the, the concussion was so bad, like, he he had to retire. And by the way, to bring up how, like, Vince didn't like how he looked and stuff, kind of makes sense a little bit because when Christian retired, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a Daniel Bryan, it wasn't an Edge, like, cry fest at all. It kind of didn't have... Yeah, they didn't have a big hoorah for him. Yeah, he just disappeared. He just like I'm injured by, and then he became like a, <laughs> uh, like uh, when they started having like the news shows and stuff, like the post shows after like Raw or pay per views, he he would be like one of the analysts there. Yeah, and like uh, as far as I could remember, his deal was he had like a similar deal with Daniel Bryan. Where Brian had to quit because it, he had sustained too many concussions, and he was just at a point where it, he was having like post-concussion syndrome, and it was fucking him up and shit. Mm-hmm. And he had the same thing. And I guess when he saw he was able to come back from that, maybe he thought, oh, maybe I can, you know, get get that last run that I really, really want. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying oh he has delusions of grandeur. He wants to be a world. He doesn't come off like that kind of guy to me, really. Uh, I think he just wants to like do good stuff with people. Hopefully, because the first thing that he uh, on the next dynamite after revolution, he came out, didn't speak again, uh, got in front of Kenny's face. Uh, Kenny got knocked over, uh, and then uh, Christian picks up the belt, looks at it, and stuff, and kind of just like nods that. Kenny's going to be his opponent in a way. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think maybe Kenny, not Kenny, wow. Maybe um, Christian can show him ring psychology instead of just doing jazz hands. <laughs> I don't think, he, I don't think he's going to learn anything from Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just too set in his ways. He thinks he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but he could help other people that or there that are willing to listen. I think MJF listens to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, the question is, will anybody else bother to listen to anything he has to say? Because there's a bunch of other people that, you know, know what to do in wrestling, but the program doesn't reflect that they listen to them or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody, it doesn't look like anybody listens to Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard or Jake Roberts or anybody. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm always going to stick to my opinion. Um, there are good things about AEW that shine a little bit. Um, but then there is shit that you just go... Uh, that, that fucking Asian bitch, uh, Mikio, whatever, the one that sings and shit before she comes out. Maki Ito. Maki Ito. Um, they need to stop with this. Um, I, I, AEW, if you're listening, Tony Khan... 
Um, <laughs> it's gonna sound. You know weird. he's listening. Uh, 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 this is gonna sound really racist, but put some American people in your fucking women's division, or even like somebody that's non-Asian, <laughs> because the whole. All right, Jim Cornette. <laughs> because the whole fucking time it's like these, they're getting more opportunities for what? For what? I keep on fucking Ito, whatever. Maki, Maki Ito. Maki Ito. Maki Ito is so green. It's so fucking green. Like, she needs to be in under, uh, Dark, whatever that other show is. Listen, listen to this shit. You won't believe this. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard it. You know about, like, um, uh, J-pop and, like, idols and shit over in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Maki Ito is apparently a J-pop idol like she was legit. And failed, right? And failed. And apparently a career path some of these J-pop idols can take is to become a Joshi wrestler. And there's like a whole group of them of J-pop idol Joshi wrestlers. That's literally where she comes from. (laughs) AEW, stop. So you have Britt Baker. You have uh, some of the Impact Women's Division that you're doing fucking uh, partnership with. You have so much good talent. You even have a man that's a woman, Nyla Rose, that that could be used. Instead, you just build her up to be a boss, and then like lose to a fucking five foot two chubby Asian lady to face against uh, Shira or whatever her name is. We all know Nyla Rose's weakness is Asians. Yeah, tiny ones. <laughs> Just... And it, it, it it's annoying. Like, I actually yeah. want Nyla to win. Like, despite... why aren't they using? Why aren't they getting a favor using like Diana Perrazzo or fucking uh, Tanel uh, Dashwood? You know Emma. Like, why aren't they using them? <laughs> because you want to know what. Because uh, I bet you Kenny Omega is so busy about, like, we need to push these Asians. They're just like, we're not putting our women to... You're just going to make us look stupid. <laughs> like, I really think that's what's happening. I think Kenny needs to get off of the female uh, booking, by the way. If anything, I think you need to hire somebody. Um, maybe hire Alita. Maybe... Well, no, Alita's... I think she's a trainer for WWE. Um, I don't think they need to hire anybody. They got plenty of guys there that can help. Well, that well, you know, today's world, like you have to have a woman teach a woman <laughs> because you don't need no man, kind of thing. Um, I think and this is gonna sound funny. If anything, hire Gail Kim, which is which is an, an Asian. <laughs> to uh, she was good. She was good back then in WWE and, and TNA. Yeah, but she's from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so i i don't know um so i guess we we could we, we should talk about the sparkles uh sparkle ring oh yeah the uh explosive ending to that main event yeah so remember when kenny omega <laughs> and john john moxley um God. was having an explosive barbed wire death match so uh, yeah yeah Throughout the whole night, they were just like, the ring is going to explode. The ring is going to explode. And, like, they had a countdown. They're like, it's 10 minutes until the ring explodes. Remember how Kenny was building this ring? Um, 
By the way, the ring was built with barbed wire around the ropes and tiny tables on the outside when uh, with barbed wire on it, and that's it. So it didn't look like a really fucking terrifying ring at all. Um, but anyway, I digress from that. The uh, So the Bullet Club... Uh, Luke and Luke uh, and Anderson come out and they beat the shit out of Moxley. They put him in handcuffs and he's bleeding and sitting in the ring. Eddie Kingston comes out, tries to like pick him up, but he can't. But then it was like down to 10 seconds and he just covers him like he's going to save him from an explosion. Um, instead of an explosion, they had sparkles and... Uh, some fireworks and smoke. It was like it was like a, a faint fart, pretty much. Uh, and Eddie Kingston sold it. He sold it like he was dead, <laughs> like the explosion like killed him. Uh, you said you watched Moxley's. Oh no, you saw the one where they were sitting in the couch, right? Mm -hmm. Like apparently, both parties did a promo later after the show. Like I mean, after that day. Mm -hmm. uh, and like explaining what happened, and I liked theirs better than uh, Omega's and fucking uh, Callus. Yeah, Where they pretty much just played it off like it was a joke. Yeah, and, oh, was, we didn't fucking mean it. It was just a gag anyway. You get it, like. Yeah, so I re I I commend AEW for fixing it on Dynamite because I I think if they just would ignored it they would have been stupid. Like, if we didn't see Eddie Kingston for a while, I'd be like, this is stupid. <laughs> Dumb as fuck. Yeah. So, anyway, they played it off like Eddie Kingston had anxiety. He talked about, like, him being in prison and stuff, and, like, he... Yeah, he, he had, like, a panic attack, and he passed out, is, like, <laughs> basically what he said. And, and then Moxley was like, where, where the hell did you all... You all built this, right? Like, you all suck at building. He's like, these explosives, where'd you get them from, Acme? <laughs> it was like, they pretty much just said, y'all are stupid. Yeah. And, like, you're crazy and stupid, because Eddie Kingston was like, he was the Joker. He was going to blow you up. You were Batman, and he was the Joker. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah. So I guess that feud is done, by the way, with Moxley and K Kingston, I think. Unless they... You know, they're friends because, you know, he thought he was going to die. And then later down the road, he tries to maybe Moxley turns heel on Eddie this time. Maybe. Um, but. So uh, to to continue with Dynamite, Eddie came out because. Uh, the Bullet Club and Kenny and Don Callis were uh in there, I'm gonna say the Good Brothers. I'm just because I think they're the Good Brothers in Impact. So the Good Brothers and Kenny and Don Callis were in the ring, and then Eddie came out, and they just started making fun of Eddie Kingston and shit. Because yeah. uh, Kenny <laughs> laid on the ground and he said on microphone, "69 me done." The fuck. And Don Callis just laid on top of um, Kenny because he was just mimicking what Eddie was doing to Moxley. I don't he know. called him gay. Yeah, I don't but know. He was gay, but he was gay. And he called him gay. <laughs> no offense I, to any gays. Who cares? Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to 
I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it that they they kind of fixed it a little bit. Kenny sounds. Kenny's just. <sighs> Kenny's not a good heel either. He's not a good. He he he. His whole problem is he doesn't take this shit seriously in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. Other than the performing the moves and having a seven star match in the Tokyo Dome, that's the only aspect that he takes seriously. Mm-hmm. So all the shit between the stuff that's supposed to build the match and make you fucking care about the match, he's he doesn't get. And because and that reflects in anytime he tries to project a persona or something, he it's he's just like fucking there. He's I don't know, he's so blase in his delivery and shit. And like when he's a heel, he's like smarmy and shit, but it's like, hey, I'm a bad guy wrestler. Like, you all are stupid. Like, the fuck? I like how Eddie Kingston made fun of him because of he plays video games. He's like, I don't play video games. You think my hands look like this because I play video games? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just, that guy is such a great promo, man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, to kind of feed off, by the way, I don't know if you noticed what Kenny Omega's doing since they've been doing this Impact thing. Uh, so apparently... They're unifying the Impact Championship because apparently, I guess there's two championship belts in Impact. Yeah, Moose and Rich Swan have them, I think. Yeah, so uh, Moose and Rich Swan are going to have a match, and whoever wins that is facing Kenny Omega for belt versus belt match. Are uh, they going to unify the titles? Are they buying Impact? Well, no, the Impact Championship is unifying, and then. Uh, yeah, but if they do belt versus belt. You know, did you remember what Kenny wants to do with the promo before, like, after he turned heel? He wants to get all the gold. So I think what they're doing is he's going to win the Impact Championship, and apparently he's going to be doing New Japan soon, and apparently he's going to be getting the IGWP um, World Heavyweight Championship. I'm, I'm just saying, this is what I would honestly do if I was... Tony Khan. I'm not Tony Khan, mm-hmm. but if I was, I'd be doing a lot of things very fucking differently. <laughs> but I would really seek a buyout option of Impact Wrestling. And it's like, why? I know that's what a lot of people say, why? It's like, because there's fucking talent there. And you can take them. <laughs> now, would you, instead of maybe calling it AEW Dark, as es- was it escalated, whatever. Fuck elevation. Elevation. Dark uh, elevation. It's like what the fuck? What's such a weird name? Would you name it like AEW Impact for the what? the Monday show? Why not? Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah. You can still say it's explosive shit too because you got impacted. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I think uh, I actually like the talent more in Impact because I feel like they do more old school wrestling than AEW. They still have their flippy shit. Um, They still have flippy shit and they still have like fucking angles where people get shot at weddings or something and (laughs) people get killed on camera and that's how they write them off of the show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah. Um... To kind of quickly go, I I watched the uh, the 
the street fight with Sting and Darby Allen versus uh, I, I call him Taz Squad, which is like Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks. Um, and then you know the rest of the Taz Squad was beating up uh, Sting and Darby. It was good. I liked the camera stuff. I uh, it was enjoyable to watch. Uh, you could tell. I, I remember how we were just like, can Sting be in a match? Can he do it? And they had to like do this type of match to pretty much because of Sting, in my opinion. <laughs> He's old, dude. I don't. Yeah, he can't do it all. He can't have like a fucking match like how he used to or how people want. Yeah. Mm. Um. And then the the latter match was not that great at Revolution. Scorpio Sky won it and then lost it. <laughs> fucking Impact where he faced Darby Allen. Uh, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, Scorpio Sky turned heel apparently at Dynamite. So, what 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 did you get for getting the brass ring? You faced Darby Allen. It was for the. The TNT uh, championship. I thought it, I thought it was gonna be a brass ring where you could, you know, cash it in like money in a bank kind of thing. <laughs> I grabbed the brass ring. It could just say that line literally, and it means something. Yeah, I'm cashing in my brass ring. <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, there was nothing really that captured my eye. The tag team, the the tag match of Revolution was, uh, I mean, Young Bucks did a wrestling match. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, so it, I wouldn't call it a a good match, but it it was doable. Um, oh, one thing I want to mention: Pentagon um, on Dynamite. El Zero, El Gosto, whatever the fuck they call him now. Yeah, apparently he's. <laughs> Uh, Lucha Underground fucking Penta now because now he's dark as shit. He told, uh, he's like, I wish I broke your arm at Revolution in the ladder match so you can't hold your firstborn baby. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, so I, I was like, I dig that. I, I want more of that. Let's let's do that. I want dark fucking Pentagon, whatever his name is. Um, but that's all I have to talk about. Do you have anything you want to bring up? Not really. Um, I'm glad Christian got to go somewhere to get paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I can say the same thing for Big Show. Um, and uh, they shouldn't have done that barbed wire explosion match. It, it, it should, why can't they just do like a fucking cage match or something? <laughs> they haven't um, done a lot of cage matches in uh, AEW. Yeah, and then you said handcuffs. They handcuffed him, and I was like, "What the fuck?" They've been handcuffing the shit out of people lately. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they abduct everybody and they handcuff everybody. Oh, MJW, MJW, MJF has a uh, new new uh, stable now. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, he turned on the inner circle and drafted the services of fucking. Uh, I forgot now. FTR. Sean Spears, Tully, and uh, Warblow, whatever his name is. Basically, he consolidated that faction of them that never had a name, but kind of were always there. And then Sean Spears disappeared off TV for like, what, six months? Mm -hmm. Something like that, maybe more. Yeah. And it's like, okay, he's back. All these people are back, and MJF has a stable. And I saw them beat up everybody, and 
how Chris Jericho was fucking bleeding and shit, and then he got power bombed off to the stage. I was like, that looked cool. Mm-hmm. It it was a it was a swerve, so I appreciated it. Um. All right, are we ready to get into some WWF Raw? Monday Night Raw. Uncut, uncensored, uncooked. So I had something different in the beginning compared to you. I had an apparently. award. Yeah, I had an award show, um, which. Uh, apparently Vince got some type of award and Hulk Hogan talked about him for like a good five to seven minutes. Brother. And then Vince McMahon got up there and he's like, I, I don't deserve this, but I'll take it. And that's the end of it. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't really listen to, to it because I was like, this is lame. I want wrestling. I don't want awards. Um, but anyway, so let's let's get into the show because this show sucked dick. I'm just going to say right off the bat. So, we got Macho, Vince, the real Vince, thank God, and Rob Bartlett. Mm-hmm. They had kind of a high-energy intro. You know, the crowd looked like they were kind of, had a lot of energy, too. And I was like, oh, okay, like, maybe, maybe stuff will be good. <laughs> it's like, then I see Repo Man and Damian Demento, and it's like, okay, I like Repo Man. He's all right, but Damian Demento sucks. He showed me that he sucked more in this match. Yep. And then the Bushwhackers come out, and I'm like, fuck. Was... Wasted five minutes, by the way. They wasted five minutes because they're like, where are they at, pal? Like, they're, they're going to, like, the, the, the entrance tunnel, and they're not coming out. And then it's like, they're up in the stands, and they, they show them up there fucking with, like, people's kids, licking them and shit. Mm-hmm. I would be like, no, you cannot lick my child because I'm a fucking germaphobe. And I was germaphobe before it was like something you're supposed to celebrate or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, uh, I hate the bushwhackers because I just have, I've, I've been exposed to like a bunch of their matches. I even did not like the bushwhackers when I was a kid. I, I thought they were lame. Yeah. I was like, what are they? They're not cool. They're just like these weird fucking guys that wear, that wear camo and lick people, and they, they don't wrestle good. That's literally what I thought. These guys had a five-minute match. I, I want to I tell you. Um, so, oh, I, I, didn't, I don't have the, uh, the main event time. So, Bushwhackers got five minutes and 28 seconds. Satanka so and fucking Reno Rid- Riggins... At three minutes and thirty seconds, Money Inc. and John Armstrong and, and James and Jess Armstrong, three minutes and two seconds, and whatever. I think the main event was like quickly done because of the the craziness or whatever. But this fucking match was so long; it felt like ten minutes. It did feel like ten minutes. <laughs> there's, ah. Uh. There's not much to like say about this, in my opinion. Like, I, I just got a couple notes, and that's it. I just they wrote, do this. What you wrote? I just wrote. I fucking hate the Bushwhackers. Jamie Demento, garbage. Repo Man is kind of good, but didn't save the match. He's not good enough to save this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I mean, you got three sh- really shit participants. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, what did I write here? Uh, Demento gets whichever bushwhacker in the corner and then 
he kind of slithers out and then he bites his ass starts biting his ass <laughs> and then repo man comes in to like stop it and then the other one bites his ass too mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like i i wrote demento sucks because he's like throwing punches and they're a mile off they're not even like getting anywhere near anybody he's hitting mm-hmm. he's just he's like Ugh, it's just like sailing past people i'm just god damn dude come on <laughs> uh this sucked but I'll give Rob Bartlett this. You could tell throughout this match, he thought this was ridiculous and stupid because he was like snickering mm-hmm. and laughing. And it's like, you know, this, this guy thinks this wrestling shit is hokey as fuck. Anyway, he's just here to probably get paid, mm-hmm. but you're like proving his point with this shit. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. This is, this, I, I hate fucking shit like this. This whole show is hokey. It was hokey as fuck, but I didn't hate all of it. There was one thing I did like. I mean, I'll, I'll say this right. I mean, I'm giving this match a three out of ten. I didn't like it. I gave it a three point five out of ten. Because mm. it was like, yeah, it felt long, but it actually wasn't that long. And I was like, thank, f- thank God it wasn't. The thank top- God it wasn't. It wasn't Bushwhack that Bushwhackers match at the Royal Rumble. Jesus Christ! Oh boy. <laughs> Um, Tatanka versus Reno Riggins. Um, wasn't that bad, but it was quick. I mean, it was, it was, it's Tatanka. I mean, I, I, the one thing I will say that's pretty negative right now is like every Tatanka match that I've been seeing has been cookie cutter. He does the same shit, uh, to win. He gets some offense in the fucking job guy. He fights might get a little bit of offense on him. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Tataka comes back and he does the the dance and he no sells, and then he chops the fuck out of the guy and then like does a move and then he does the end of the trail shit the the and drop and he beats him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> I gave it a uh, four point seventy five out of ten. I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay. Because this Riggins guy selling is all over the place. It's weird. It's like sometimes he sells great, and then sometimes he no-sells moves. <laughs> it's like like he took like this humongous backdrop from Tatanka. It looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And then he immediately got up and started begging off like it didn't hurt. Like it just only kind of hurt. And he's like, no, 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 don't fucking do any more wrestling moves to me. <laughs> like he should have been like, Oh, like he should have been like screaming like it was like Home Alone or something like the fucking the wet bandits got fucked up or something <laughs> after that. Um, then he took an atomic drop and no sold it and just ran right into the ropes to bounce off. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I've never seen anybody sell like this before. It's like this when they do sell the moves, it's great. And then sometimes they just randomly no sell shit that they should. <laughs> I don't know. It bothered me. I looked um, at I looked at his uh, career. He he didn't have a really big wrestling career, so he's probably because he's too small. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was like put to talk in a sleeper hole, and he had to stand on his tippy toes. He almost couldn't do it. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love when t- there's this part that this part made me laugh. Tataka goes like he throws his, this guy in the corner, and he. He like you know jumps out of the way and Tataka goes like he's gonna do the crossbody out of the corner to the guy, mm-hmm. and then he totally fucking misses. Like Riggins like dodges it and then he just crashes and burns. And then Macho Man's like, 
oh yeah, Monday Night Raw, I dig it. <laughs> like when he fucking crashed and burned and just missed. <laughs> um, he did his comeback, and yeah, I don't know. It's just it was okay, other than that this guy was like he was really inconsistent in his work. That's the only bad thing I could find in it. Okay. Did so you, it's below average. Did you see the Andre the Giant video package? Yeah, that was nice. And then, like, this is like, they're just now, Vince says before this starts, like, they're establishing the Hall of Fame, and the first inductee is Andre. Yeah. Like, that makes that makes total sense. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and it was like, wow, we could see, like, a star do shit for, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to see if I could, if we could see that event or something. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find it. Uh, so Money Inc. versus John Armstrong and Jesse Armstrong or Jess Armstrong. No, it's Scott Rich and Jeff Armstrong. Why did I write Jess? Because you didn't care. Well, yeah, probably. <laughs> you were just like, this sucks. And you just fucking wrote whatever you wrote. So... I, I thought this was an okay match, but obviously it was a squash. So, what do you have it to was... say about that? What the fuck is Scott Rich's haircut? Did you see his haircut? No. I, I love to always point out when somebody has like a great mullet or some shit, or like I like to make fun of their attire if it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. That's just like a thing I do. This guy had like one of the weirdest haircuts I've ever seen. He has a crew cut, and it's like so back here back of his head's totally shaved but on the bottom where your hair starts tapering off and it can get long down there he had like what was i think this the base of a rat tail but it was really wide and it wasn't long i don't know what to call it so i called it a beaver tail because it was just so big <laughs> it was just that was just like one of the dumbest haircuts i've ever seen i don't know what the fuck he was going for <laughs> anyway this is what i'm i'm forced to I, this is what i'm brought down to with this show i have to make fun of how people look yeah but, uh ted stops a clothesline and levels this jobber and he hits a kitchen sink and he dumps him outside and then right after this happens they start doing a bit they go there's a camera at the announce table and it's behind rob and it's like over his shoulder you can see him Mm-hmm. And you can see the monitor he's got, and above the monitor, there's like a little TV, like a little teeny tiny TV, like it's a nine inch TV. And he's flipping channels. And Vince is like, uh, "Rob, what are you doing, pal?" And he's like, "I'm I'm checking out the competition." And then Vince is like, "We don't have any competition." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you do." <laughs> WCW is way better right now. Maybe not like now at that time though it did kind of like seem that way because WCW, the house show market got killed a few years before this Mm -hmm. and they weren't touring. Like the house show market for them was dead. Mm -hmm. So all they were doing was just TV, TV and pay-per-view. But, uh, fucking their shows better than this, this week than this fucking raw, like (laughs) easily. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, they just show that he'd rather be watching anything else. Like in this little bit, it's like this. This shit's stupid. He's like fucking flipping channels on the TV. Yeah, I didn't like that much at all because I I agree with you because I'm just like, oh wow, they're they're technically shitting on the tag team champions right now. 
Right. And then and the sad thing is I can't blame him for wanting to fucking change the channel though, because this episode sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like a double edged sword. Right. And then I wrote Jeff can't sell for shit. That was the bald guy in like the singlet, the, mm-hmm. the, the blue singlet. Like Ted and fucking IRS was beating the fuck out of him and he just like barely sold anything. I and, do I do like huh? IRS man in the beginning. He's like, You better pay your taxes or don't cheat. <laughs> Is he like your favorite wrestler now? Kinda. <laughs> are you like are you like gonna go on the career path of IRS? Yes. You're gonna like you get in the IRS and then you become a wrestler. I'll be and then you AW. Make, you, there it is. You make your job your gimmick, your occupational wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> I always get a kick out of those IRS promos. They're silly, but they make me laugh. Um IRS hits the write off. Ha, for three, <laughs> it's squash. So, mania report. I like how being... didn't... you didn't get Go one. Ahead. No, I did. I was just like, I didn't write anything down for this because nothing happened. They didn't even have promos or anything. He was just like saying, like, "Welcome back, Vince. I'm glad you're you're here, even though it seemed like you weren't even gone last week." Like, <laughs> Well, me and Gene in the beginning says, there's nothing here. So I'm just, if you don't want to hear it again. <laughs> and he says this stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, I don't need to listen. So I wrote that in there. I said, I didn't, I didn't listen to what he said. Because it was literally the same thing. I love how he does that. He just always sneaks something in, some kind of like comment or whatever that tells us like this fucking shit doesn't matter anyways. If you don't fucking listen to me, don't. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of the main event between <sighs> doink the clown and kamala not right. the vice president no no this kamala is good yes <laughs> anyway um i like doink i like this i like the first version of doink which is where we're at right now yes he's interesting i like his gimmick he's like this weird like this sounds meta as fuck, but this is what I like to think it really is. Is Matt Bourne was known to be like a good technical wrestler in the territories and shit. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a hard ass, tough guy wrestler. And then when he gets to the WWF, Vince makes him a clown. So <laughs> I like to think this whole gimmick is like if you were a good wrestler, but you went up north and they gave you a shit gimmick, and this is what your gimmick is. Mm-hmm. You're a guy who was a good wrestler who's given a shit gimmick. And he's just like, I'm a fucking clown. So here I am, guys. <laughs> he, he was get, He's getting pushed, though. That's the thing. He is. It's Yeah. Like, I'm sure he didn't give a fuck, you know. But, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's a, I, I always find the first version of Doink to be super interesting because he's like this weird, deranged clown guy. And he's, like, creepy at the same time. Yeah, so I wrote down. I said, "Wow, Kamala doesn't doesn't really know how to wrestle that well, based off he's of not, this match." He's not supposed to, though. I know, but like it shows extra in this, and to the point where they had to go. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it went on script, but it looked like it went off script when they were on the outside. My favorite part of the whole fucking thing is doing the clown taking a chair, not a steel steel chair just a fucking like regular chair that's on the side and just start smacking the apron yeah that's well we skipped ahead a little bit well but 
this so it starts out like doink has a present and they're in the ring and he's like you want this present like he's gonna give kamala a present and then kamala is like you know he's simple so he's like present and he like wants it so doink suckers him in he uses that sucker man he starts wrestling him on the ground he starts beating him down mm-hmm. and then later on kamala starts trying to come back and it's working and then doink runs away from him and they do that thing where they run around outside and then doink grabs the present again he's like you want it now you can have it and he actually gives him the present mm-hmm. so then when he he's he's opening the present doink rolls back in the ring and kamala gets counted out mm-hmm. and then doink is like laughing like hysterically <laughs> like i I like the ending of it more than anything else, just because of how they both pulled it off. Just like, like he's totally into it. Like he's laughing evilly that he tricked this guy. And then Gamal is like sad. He looks like his heart is broken because mm-hmm. there was nothing in the present. Mm-hmm. It was empty. It was just a box. And then he gets mad. <laughs> and that's where we end up where you were, what you were talking about. Yeah. I like the part where uh, Macho Man, when Kamala like goes on the, the outside, like the side of the ring uh, because, like, Doink is still looking at one side of the ring thinking Kamala's gonna come under there. And, like, Macho Man's like, don't tell him. Don't say anything. I want to see what happens. I'm gonna distract him. Don't say a word. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed, you know, the, the fake out, the, the count out thing, uh, where, uh, the present. So, I, I actually gave this a, a 5.1 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 5.25 out of 10 because it was like, eh, it was fine. I mean, Kamala, again, Kamala works like he doesn't know how to work. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And Doink is Doink, and it was fine. It was mostly an entertainment match, if you want to call it that. Yeah. But it was fun. And compared to everything else that happened, it was like, huh, that was, that was kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what do you give the whole... Um, the whole uh show. Hang on, there's two more things. Did I write that down? What what happened? Tell me what happened. All right, so after our main event, I just want to stress that that was our main event. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they do something where Rob Bartlett apparently has a fan club, it's and it's like women. all of it's all the raw girls that were fat, and then. Rob kisses one of them or something, and it's like, haha, it was funny. And I'm like, I guess. Did he kiss Why? her on the lips, or did, did it look yeah. like he kissed on the chin? Maybe he did that. I don't know. Yeah, because I couldn't, couldn't see it really. I I I, uh, I remember saying, I was like, is that his wife or something? Because like he smiled when he uh, he came back, and like, ah. like I I got women. <laughs> Macho Man was fucking like happy as fuck though. He was like, "Good job, yeah." He was like <laughs> telling her like that was great. Like, <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, hopefully this caps off the Rob Bartlett saga. Yeah, but uh, they after this pisses me off because after this whole show they start promoting this thing called the Sunday. Uh, March to WrestleMania, which is like this this event they're doing this Sunday on the USA Network at the time. Mm-hmm. And they promote two matches I would have wanted to see. Macho Man versus Yokozuna and Undertaker versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And I was like, what in the fuck? Why weren't these on Raw? 
Let's go. Why? Find, let's go find that and then do that for next time. That'll be like a bonus, I guess, to make up for all these shitty rolls. Because besides that, like we have like a, a raw or a Saturday night left, and there's no more shows for March. Yeah, and then we're getting into WrestleMania territory. So yeah, ne- next episode will be the review of that one episode, and then our rankings. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, the the best parts of this show were the Andre video package and Dork and Kamala. The rest of it was just not good. <laughs> I gave it a 3 out of 10, the whole show. 3.5 out of 10. Yeah. Bad. Really bad. To the point where I actually have, like, tons of notes for WCW Saturday Night Live. Uh, not Night Live. Saturday Night. Um, And then, like, I you go to the raw side of my notes, and it's just like, what the fuck is this <laughs> that I wrote down? So, Here's what's sad. is like, even when WCW has, like, what I consider to be an average show... I still have like way more notes. Mm-hmm. I, like I don't know what that says because it's like, yeah, they, they usually run a little bit longer than Raw does at, right now, but like, I I have like pages. Yeah. So let's get into it. WCW Saturday Night, March twentieth, nineteen ninety three, starts off with Rick Rude versus TC McCoy. Fuck yeah! And he comes out to that sweet ass WCW theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rick Rude looking fucking fine as hell with his muscles and shit. Uh, I wrote down these three things. I know you're going to go play by play, but I just go what I, you know, get surprised about. Rick Rude's bear hugs look fucking strong as fuck, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm saying is like, that's what I was telling you is like, I was looking forward to when Rude was going to get back in the ring. Because his WCW work is like totally different from how he worked in the WWF. Mm-hmm. And you saw it in this squash match. Yeah, he his punches are great, and I love his rude awakening, by the way, which is like a a, a neck breaker. It should still be a finisher now. Yeah, I don't know. I just love that move. It's it's almost like a reverse stunner, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what do you have to say about this match? Um, I don't, I didn't actually do a lot of play by play because it's a squash. I only do that if for really exceptional squashes like Vader squashes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, uh, this was exceptional. I was so rude beats the piss out of this guy. He just gets in there. He doesn't even take his robe off. The fucking music doesn't even stop. He just starts fucking wailing on him mm-hmm. and he's, he's doing like a bunch of moves, like not a bunch of moves. Like he's not doing everything he knows how to do like fucking some people do. But, you know, he does the bear hug like you're talking about. He bear hugs this guy for, like, three seconds and just tosses him to the ground like he's a sack of shit. Yep. (laughs) And he puts on, like, a great camel clutch, like one that actually looks fucking painful. Yep. Instead of just, like, sitting there like, I've got you. (laughs) Um, Let's see. He's got a lot of heat, too, with the fans. He's getting a lot of, like, fucking heat just beating the shit out of this guy. Um, and then his rude wake- right, yeah, he was he, like that dude got no offense in, and then he hit the rude awakening and he beat him, and I was like, that's how you fucking get and stay over is when you do s- stuff like this for somebody that's like established, like mm-hmm. just go out there. This guy is like, I'm gonna fight you, and I'm gonna beat, and then he just beats the shit out of him and pins him in like three minutes or less, like last week. 
they had a, a squash on Raw with Razor Ramon, but I didn't think it was good because it went too long. Yeah. Like, honestly, in that match, Razor did all of his high spot moves. He even did, like, the top ropes back superplex to this fucking jobber. And I was like, why is that? Ne- Dude, this guy's nobody. Why did you have to do that? Like, it's, just, it's too much. I think they just wanted Razor Ramon out there for a while because the trend that I'm seeing is like Raw is not made for the big superstars. It's it's, it's more of like a, what do you call it, for the uh, mid-carders, kind of. It's kind of like watching superstars <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but superstars exist at the same time as this. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Um, That's all I got to say about that, though. Great squash. Yeah. Um, so Tony and Jesse are talking, and they talk about how, like, Barry Windham uh, didn't want to talk about Ric Flair. Then uh, Ric Flair came out, and Tony Schiavone's talking to him. Um, Ric Flair, you know, saying, you know, he says he's going to have a talk with Barry Windham and somebody else in the ring one-on-one. Uh, and he also did the, you know, the mirror, mirror on the wall, uh, promo. Who was the fairest of them all? Nature boy. Woo. And that's how pretty much the, uh, the promo was. So I'm actually excited to see what the promo is going to be between him and Barry to see if that's going to start off the feud. Yeah. And they plugged like some kind of interview on main event he was going to have with Eric Bischoff. Mm-hmm. That's the one um, one, I think. Yeah. So we won't get to see that unless we like seek it out or they replay it on the next Saturday night. Yep. Um, I'm left wondering what their plans with Flair really are right now. Cause at this point he's been here for like a month and he hasn't really done anything yet. He's been talking too much. Uh, he's been talking a lot, not really doing anything. I wonder if they're they're just like maybe testing their waters on who he's gonna face, or because isn't Davies? Which, by the way, we'll we'll get to uh, Vader's promo, but I'm like, I thought for a second uh, to kind of like fast forward a little bit. I thought David Boy Smith would come out during Vader's promo, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know what they're gonna do with Ric Flair. Uh, I'm hoping Barry Windham is the next thing, because I think he gets the belt, right? He gets Ric Flair gets the belt back. I think so, and I think that's how they unify it, and it becomes like the big gold belt again. Is my guess. Okay. So, Zach, what's the next match? It's the Bruise Brothers versus Mike Thor and Scott Allen, and. Scott Allen is from Rock City, USA. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, he doesn't look like a rock and roll guy or anything. He just looks like a fucking guy. He looks like a generic created superstar seven or something. And Scott got killed in this match. Fuck yeah, he did. They beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so what do you, what'd you think of uh, the Bruise Brothers in this? Did, did they do better from last week? Um, It feels, honestly, this match was felt the same to me as the last one not like they literally did the same stuff uh-huh. but i had the same stuff to say about it weirdly enough like this is too long like 
they're putting these guys out there for too long when I feel like they should be killing these guys within five minutes. Yeah, because there was some offense with Mike Thor and Scott Allen, and I was just like, why? I th what what is their building with the Bruce brothers? Because like I thought you want them to be like, because they're tall as fuck, dude. Both of them, they're they're, huge. they're big guys. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 really big guys, and they look you know, kind of scary a little bit. Mm. And it, I thought they were positioning them to fight the Cole twins, but the Cole twins beat people like way faster than them. Oh, dude, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that match. <laughs> like, I wrote the Bruce brothers can't do a shoulder block either of them. No, it's they like can't. they don't know how to do it. They do look more like it's more like a running push. It's like that, guys, that's not a shoulder block. You just ran up to a guy and shoved him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was watching this and I was like, look, these guys are, I'm not saying they're bad, but I think they're really green. Yeah. And like them having like these way longer than they need to be matches aren't helping. Uh, but like, who do you like better out of like, this is our new big heel tag team we're pushing and it's not really working out good in my opinion. This is happening again. The last guys were the wrecking crew. Who do you like better? Bruce brothers or wrecking crew so far? <laughs> Oh, um, I think what I really, uh, I think the Wrecking Crew has a better chemistry than the Bruce Brothers. Um, they, the Wrecking Crew does know how to, like, do tag team wrestling, and some of their moves do look like they, uh, hit people, and they know how to, uh, squash people as well, too. Uh, the only problem is, is Mr. Best Buy customer service guy doesn't match the, the body. Uh, he should not be doing promos. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's my only downfall with them. Uh, and plus, the way they were booked was kind of weak. Uh, so, but I would give the Wrecking Crew a little edge over the Bruce Brothers right now. Again, these guys are not bad. It just shows that they're really inexperienced. And I could be wrong. If I am wrong, that means they have way more experience than what I think. And if that's the case, they suck. There's <laughs> just no getting around it. I'll have to look into it soon. So, but uh, so are you oh. counting it as, as a squash, by the way? Because Scott Allen, it, it was too long to be a squash, right? Yeah, I counted it as a full match, especially because they did get some offense. But yeah, I went well, way beyond a squash match length. It was like ten minutes. Yeah, I gave. The, I mean, I'm not rushing you or anything. If you still have things to talk about, but I gave this a four point one out of ten because I was like. Wow, they're they're absolutely killing Scott, but like this match was so long that it should have never been that long to kill Scott. <laughs> like Scott should have been dead like right when he came in the ring. Like why yeah, why is it taking so long to beat these guys? It's just weird, but like uh mm -hmm. I wrote I just worked I, I wrote something about the way the match went and it finished real quick. It was just like they work on Scott Allen's arm for like five minutes and then they just beat him with like a front slam. Yep. I'm like, what the fuck was the point of working his arm for five minutes if that didn't come into play for the finish? The fuck? <laughs> they're ring psycho. I, I bet you, I think you're right. I think they're green and they're just like, they were trying to do ring psychology to like, you know, tell a story on what they were going to do and they just like fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, they just, I don't know. They didn't do like some kind of arm submission or. Uh, like they could have done a shoulder because they did do a shoulder breaker. Maybe they do another shoulder breaker. And he's like, Oh fuck my arm. And then like the referee just stops the match. Like due to stoppage, he, his arms fucked up and he can't wrestle anymore. And they win. I would have done a suplex. 
Just a regular suplex on the guy's shoulder. There you go. You can do that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also wrote, they might need new trunks because they won't stop fucking playing with them. <laughs> I, I noticed that during this entire match. Like, that every time they do something, they get up and be like, eh. like they pull their fucking trucks. I'm like, guys, do you need new gear? <laughs> but uh, I wrote 4.0 out of 10, below average. We're pretty spot on with our review so far. <laughs> yeah. Um, Barry Windham versus Mike. I, I, I wrote Wiener, but his name is Winner. <laughs> And then as Jesse Ventura says, he's going to have to change his name after this match. And then Tony's like, to what? To Mike Loser. And then he's like, oh, stop it. <laughs> uh, I wrote Barry is so cool. Um, he, he shaved his beard, though. He doesn't look as cool now. Yeah, he just walks around with a swag now. It's great. Like, before he, I mean, he was he was having swag with his motorcycle. But now he has a belt. He's even cooler. I, I don't know what it is about that NWA championship, but he's like fucking cool, dude. Um, I I, I, just how he, I think it's just how he carries himself. Like he's always like real cool, collected, looks like he knows exactly what he's gonna do. It just it comes across. I was surprised by Winner's offense, by the way. Like there were times where he had Barry in the corner, but then like Barry like knew how to get out of it. It was like it, it. was like, oh shit! I'm I, I'm you know I'm in distress. I'm in distress. Fuck no, bitch! Like then he would like, uh, arm drag him, and then he would. Uh, I love fucking his gut wrench power uh power bomb that he does or gut wrench uh, suplex that he does. Yeah. Because I'm just like fuck yeah. That that's old. What what Barry does in the ring is very old school wrestling, and I like it. Hmm. Just like real good strikes that look like they connect and hit. He takes his time. He lets shit breathe. Mm-hmm. And then any kind of like actual wrestling move he does, suplex, whatever, looks really good. And it helps that he's really tall too, because when he fucking comes down with somebody, it's like, God damn, like that dude fell a long way. <laughs> his scoop slam is cool too. I mean, it's so simple. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's like everything he does just because of his size, it just makes it more like shit. Mm-hmm. He, he threw out a fucking drop kick in this match. And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't remember him doing a drop kick before. Yeah. So what did you have to uh, say about this match? Uh, Let's see. Yeah, they wrestle back and forth a little bit, take some arm drags, and then I was surprised at how much offense like Barry gave this guy. Yeah. And he clean breaks him too several times in the match. I'm like, is oh okay, I, I didn't expect that either. Um, and then yeah, yeah, that winger guy starts hitting some forearms and shit and a suplex and a corner. I think he tried to do a corner splash, but he like fucking his jump fucked up or something. And yeah, he, like, it looked close line. <laughs> yeah, it was like he didn't jump right. And then he tries it again, and then yeah, Barry just gets out of the way and he hits that fucking implant DDT and kills him. Dude, I that that God damn it. You know I, I'm going to go on a rant. I'm going to go on a rant. DDT, okay. DDT is dead in wrestling now. Super kicks are now dead in wrestling. If fucking Shawn Michaels does a sweet chin music, it doesn't matter. It's dead because the young bucks killed it. I I hate thinking about that because it's like it's terrible. I think JR went on a rant about this before too, actually. This is one of the things that got him like that got people pissed off at him. Mm-hmm. 
was like he brought this up he's like i, I don't understand he's like what is this supposed to mean that like jake roberts was just way more proficient in a ddt than everybody else is and everybody else just isn't as good at it and then, well same thing with the super kick does that mean Shawn michaels super kick is just He's really proficient. Everybody else sucks. Like their execution sucks. <laughs> I don't, oh, this, oh, I remember uh, in Revolution, I was talking to one of my friends' house party, and there was a part where um, MJF like planted one of the young bucks. I think it was Matt Jackson. Uh, like he impaled his fucking head into the ring. Like Shit. It, it looked devastating, and he kicked out. And I'm just like, and and they kept on doing this in the match where you know uh, Jericho was in uh, did his uh, what was the thing the uh, the elbow Judas, Judas effect uh, and then like the young bucks did their uh, Melter fucking driver or whatever and they were just kicking out I'm like they gotta stop doing this like Al Snow said in one of the interviews that I sent you I don't know if you watch it. A finisher is supposed to finish a match. It's not so you do you do the you know the the you do the kicking out of the finisher is how you do with WrestleMania with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. Exactly. Because those are two monstrous people um that you, you would think that they can't defeat each other because you built a story where they're both evenly the same um and when when you keep on doing these indie bullshit stuff inside of a network television show it kills wrestling yeah it creates like this big cognitive dissonance thing because it's like let's break that down you you just said two moves jericho's finisher is judas effect it's just a fucking back elbow Mm -hmm. to somebody's like face and he beats people with that why do the young bucks have to do a fucking 450 assisted tombstone power driver that they never beat anybody with? Yeah, the melted driver doesn't <laughs> win a lot, by the way. And no, it's just like a move they do. So, like, what the fuck? How come a back elbow can beat some guys and then that insane ass move never beats anybody? Do they just suck? Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to get out of that? Yeah. And to go back on like uh, Barry Windham's fucking uh, DDT that kills people. Um, I you know I'm happy Moxley takes the DDT with his uh, version of it because it, you're taking somebody's fucking head and you're dropping your whole body to the ground. Yeah, that's what I like. I like to think about what's actually happening. You're just like, like you said, you grab a guy's head, drive him on the ground. It's like pow driver. Pow driver usually doesn't fix finish anybody either, but that's the same kind of thing. It's actually worse. Mm-hmm. You're standing a guy up upside down and dropping him on top of his head, compressing oh. his fucking spine. Owen Hart nearly killed Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right. So, like, come come on, like, wrestling in general. And I'm kind of pissed that, like, uh, Vince McMahon went away. I mean, he did. He's more entertainment than any other wrestling, like NWA and all that stuff. But he... He took away what the DDT was and the um, super kicks because the super kicks are now a big thing. Everybody does it because it looked 
oh my god, a foot is in somebody's face. Like, wow. Yeah, like, he kind of helped facilitate that a little bit, because then you had, like, like, I'm trying to remember when I first started seeing other people do super kicks in DDTs. Like, yeah, DDTs started to become, like, a transitional move in, like, the mid-late 90s. Well, like, the, a lot of people were starting to do DDTs that didn't finish people. Well, The Rock did it a lot. He did. Um, Triple H would pull out a DDT. He only did it once in a while, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, you did have guys like Raven, though, whose finisher was a DDT. Yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think. A lot of guys used that move. Uh, and then, like, in the 2000s, I think that's when the super kick started getting the same thing. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't really in WWF until, I want to say, like, guys like Dolph Ziggler started showing up. Yeah, when Dolph started doing it and the Uso brothers started doing that like Dolph would still beat people sometimes with the super kick at first I remember that yeah but it was sporadic and then it became like no he doesn't fucking beat anybody with that move now yeah it's it's just annoying that like uh, moves that were pretty much ending matches now are just nothing it uh, yeah it fucking bothers me a lot too I'm just like man why, why can't you not just take a guy and dump him on his head and pin him? <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty legit. Or having, having somebody do like a 450 splash. Or even having somebody that's big like a Bam Bam Bigelow or like a Vader doing a drop from the turnbuckle should end a match. Because that's 400 pounds landing on somebody. Gravity. Yeah. Yokozuna just sits on a guy and kills him. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I shouldn't be blaming this on the promoter or the the superstar. Maybe I should start blaming the fans because because the fans are the ones that are changing things a lot. Or maybe it's a mixture. Maybe it's a mixture of the fans and the promoters who were listening to the crowd instead of just being like, "No, this is how things work." I don't know. I don't know. I digress. Uh, <laughs> I gave I gave this match a six out of ten. By the way, what, what did you give it? I gave it a five point five out of ten. And my only problem with this was again, I think it went too long. I think it took Barry too long to beat this guy. Yeah, and it, he gave him a little too much offense. I think because like it's like he was having trouble out wrestling this guy at first. Like I would have accepted like once he outmaneuvers him. Mm-hmm. And then Barry's like, okay, I see. And then, yeah, maybe he does that crazy. He tries to do that comeback. It just, I think it just took too long. Okay. Um, I still like the whole Barry just ignoring Tony every time he asks him about Ric Flair. I love it. Yeah, they did this whole thing on commentary where it was like, Shivani, you you were rude to him last time. You need to like apologize. He's like, well, I guess I will, Jess. So he does that. He goes up and says, I'm sorry about last week. And I just, the fans want to know, you know, what you want, what you have to say about Ric Flair. He just walks away. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> it's not, it's not about Ric Flair. It's about Barry Windham. Talk about Barry Windham. Yeah. People forget what he said, I guess. And then Dustin ago. Rhodes came in and I totally didn't hear what he said because he talked way too fast. What did he say? <laughs> He said, this is what he said, uh, like, 
Tony asks him about Rude, and then Dustin says that he was vicious and stuff, but it doesn't matter because he'll beat him and he'll beat Paula. All he has to do is sign. They just have to sign a contract to fight him, and Dustin Dustin will fight them. <laughs> and I think he did a little bit too. He in his promo he did like kind of a dusty thing, and I was like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but you gotta you gotta be yourself. You can't be mimicking your father. Because he said like, you know, I'll fight Rude and I'll fight Paul or Paula, and he said if you will, like like he like Dusty would say, and I'm like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why he became gold dust later. Yep. Starting to turn a little bit. Be like, oh, you're not like your father. Stop it. <laughs> no. Um, now we got Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce versus Tommy Angel and Chris Sullivan. Yeah. I wrote, why does Tommy Angel and Chris look better than Shanghai and uh, Slaz? Did you think so? Because I didn't think so. I thought they were a little bit. I I thought they were more of a unit unit than the actual team that they were trying to show. They did wrestle more like a cohesive tag team. Mm-hmm. It's just that those two guys are such big hosses. They just beat the fuck out of them and won. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically like what happened. Um, I wrote team bad hair because <laughs> both Chris Sullivan and to- Tommy Angel just need to shave their heads and give up. Cause mm. it's just like Chris Sullivan has like a skullet and he's got like a little, little scraggles up there. And then like Tommy angel has like the widow's peak from hell. Like he, he, he's losing it. It's going this way. <laughs> it's just... Well, I wrote Tommy angel kind of looks like the butcher from fucking, uh, AEW. Cause the butcher I... has like the same hair where it's like, all right, you need to shave it all. <laughs> 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 I wrote Tex and Shanghai again have surprisingly cranked the speed up in their matches mm-hmm. and they aren't boring anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a little bit faster, but I don't know. I I just don't like their style at all. I don't, I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe they're getting like advice or something and they're listening to it. I think that's what's going on, because it's just, I, I don't know what the fuck was going on with their earlier matches. It was like they were wrestling in slow motion or some shit. Um, I wrote, Tommy Angel hits a nice Japanese arm drag and puts on a dragon sleeper. To- Tony didn't even know what the fuck to call it. <laughs> Neither did Jesse. They're like, that's some kind of new hold. I've never seen that hold before. I'm like, that's a dragon sleeper. So I'm like, Tommy Angel must wrestle in Japan or some shit because he knows these moves. Yeah. Uh, Tex is weirdly over with this crowd. You know, that's how they were like, Tex, Tex, Tex. They were chanting for Tex well, where, a bunch. Were they in uh, Atlanta this time? They're, yeah, they're always in Atlanta. Oh, okay. So it kind of makes sense. They want to go with the redneck, I guess. Tex. I guess so, yeah. So they just like him for some reason. Then when he get in, he, they were like, ooh, 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 every time he'd hit, hit the guy, beat the shit out of him. And Tony's like, man, like, or no, Jesse's like, man, they're really reacting to Tex Slazinger. And Tony's like, I think it's there. It's like sympathy for, for like the guy he's beating up. He's like, I don't think so. <laughs> it's like they're trying to sell it like he wasn't over or something. By the way, Tommy Angel was in Atlantic Coast Wrestling and South Atlantic Pro Wrestling. So he's part of the territories. So. 
I wonder where he picked those moves up from. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Angel gets some heat on him for a while, and then Sullivan gets tagged in, and he tries to come back. He does like a bunch of scoop slams. <laughs> I just thought Too it was many. weird because he's so he's so small. I'm like, he's scoop slamming these guys that are twice his size. <laughs> And then he's cut off, and then, like, they do this thing with the bull rope or some shit, and then Tex hits a reverse DDT for three. Hey, a- another DDT, and he beat him. <laughs> there we go. Not bad. 5.5. I gave it a 4.95 out of 10. Um, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I was actually surprised with Tommy and Chris, like, getting some offense in. I just, yeah, me too. I just, I just, uh, I don't know. Tax and Shanghai need to start growing on me a little bit. So we're starting to grow on me a little bit now. It's weird. I don't know. It's I, I just noticed their matches are different. Yeah. But anyway, our boy, oh Cac- boy. Our, our boy Cactus Jack is back. Uh, and he's facing against Rip Rogers. <laughs> I was like, I saw that in the thing and I was like, yes. Because <laughs> I love Rip Rogers now. And then like I saw Cactus too, of course. And I'm like, this this is this has to be good. I, I'm I'm actually looking at it right now because I want to look at all my scores. This is the highest ranking score out of all the matches for me. Same uh, here. Um, match of the week. Yeah, rip, rip right off the bat. Just off the top, uh, the top turnbuckle. Just fucking axe, axe, uh, body slam or whatever on Cactus. Just to kind of like surprise him, Pearl Harbor him, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and. <laughs> I I wrote Rip, Rip Rogers' hair is fucking hilarious. Whoever like either him or you know whoever's in the back that's telling him to do his hair like that. I love his hair. I want to know his hair every time, and I want it to be different every time. Um, I think that's him. I think it's just like old school heel shit uh, he does because he he dresses ridiculous. He wears like these fucking pink shorts and shit and. He he has like pigtails and it's he's like bleach blonde. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's supposed to make you hate him. I guess. I guess it's supposed to make you think that guy's gay. I hate him because he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, I love that cactus was thrown around Rip Rogers with his robe, and I love how Rip Rogers. I want to say Rip Rogers fucking sells way better than most of the roster on WCW. <laughs> He does, yeah. Uh, I love that uh, <laughs> there was a time when Rip Rogers is mocking Cactus Jack. He's like, bang, bang! And then he does, like, the uh, elbow drop, but, like, uh, Cactus Jack miss uh, gets up, and he misses the elbow drop. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck! Like, he <laughs> fucked his arm up, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Cactus did not let... Every time, like, Rip Rogers got out of the rig, like, Cactus Jack would just follow him, and he was... <laughs> He threw him over the barrier, and then, like, there was a part where just uh, Mick Foley, a.k.a. Cactus Jack, just flips his body into him, like, over the the the, the barrier. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, that was fucking awesome. I loved it. Uh, and then I, I I always say this, but Mick Foley has most the, the most unique punches ever when he does, like, the, you know, punching and stuff. I don't know, just because probably he's a bigger wrestler and it looks funny when he does it, but I, I like it. Yeah. Let's what, see. What, what do you have on it? Um, 
you hit some of the spots I wrote down I'm trying to pick out what I wrote. I like this part. It's like they, they the first time they fight outside for a little bit and then Cactus like gains control. Mm. Uh like they go outside, then like it shows him like he's chasing Rip and he's like shoving his nose up at his his fingers up his nose and pulling <laughs> on his nose and Tony's like, Oh, he's he's putting his fingers in his nose. He's like freaking out about that. <laughs> and then like uh they roll back in the ring and then he gets him in like a chin lock or something. Mm-hmm. And then Rip, he goes, he does this with his, his hand. <laughs> like he's telegraphic. He's going to poke him in the fucking eye. <laughs> and then he hits it like blatantly. And he's like, ah! <laughs> that shit just cracked me up. But, uh, the crowd <laughs> at two points in this match, the crowd actually does a whoop. There it is. Chant. Yep. <laughs> what the hell is going on in this match i love it dude this match was fucking awesome it was like 90s as hell whoop there it is and i don't even remember like what the spots were that caused it i think i think when cactus did the cannonball on the outside on the floor that was the second one Mm -hmm. i can't remember what the first one was though um there was great camera work in the corner a lot during this match like when cactus was hitting the punches Mm mm-hmm and shit and then he started choking him and he started doing that squeal that thing he does <laughs> um they fly find the floor again and they, yeah that was the cannonball spot uh let's see what about ripped oh, yeah. in a sleeper hole that was cool oh yeah yeah he did a sleeper that was after this yeah so after that cannonball spot like he's like resting up against the post or something and then cactus goes to punch him and he punches the post He's like, oh, he fucks his arm up, and then Rip starts working his arm for a while. Um, then he gets the sleeper. Then he gets out. They Cactus does the rope attack, and then he does the leg drop on the apron. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. And then at some point, they go back. He Rip knocks him out of the ring. I think he punches him. He just flips out of the ring. Mm-hmm. And then Rip goes back up to the top rope like he's going to axe handle him again, like at the start of this match. But... Cactus catches him with a boot. <laughs> so I like they did a callback to the beginning of the match at the end of the match. <laughs> and then Cactus just rolls him in and does a double arm DDT and Tony calls it a double arm suplex. <laughs> he pins him though. <laughs> um, um, crazy fun brawl. I, lo- I liked it. What'd you give it? 6.75 out of 10. I give it a 7 out of 10. Is if it was just like maybe a, just a touch longer, I think it would have done it for me. I don't know what it is, but like, because I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Well, Rip Rogers looks ridiculous." I'm like, but he that's, does everything good. That's the fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> like cactus doesn't matter. Oh, go ahead. Cactus is great, but Rip Rogers, I want to say, is almost just as great as Cactus. I want to see more of them. Me too. Um, all right. Again, Max Payne still with the hair, um, mm-hmm. still with the bad gear, and he's facing Ronnie Hagen. It's a squash match. It's a little bit longer than last match. I forgot who he was facing, but he's building up for the arm bar. Not the arm bar. The, uh, the, what was it? Was it an arm bar? His finisher. Yeah, the arm bar. 
yeah, uh, the painkiller. Yeah, the painkiller, and he wins. Um, I don't know what else you want to say about that. <laughs> Nothing. He he. Oh, this guy Ronnie Hagen. I wrote quotate like parentheses Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> he had like this super colorful outfit. I'm like, what? And he he just he had the mustache and he had like the complexion mm-hmm. and the face. I'm like, this fucking guy. He just looks like Freddie Mercury with a mullet. Like if he became a wrestler. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote Max hit some decent offense and like suplex and strikes and leg drop and then hammerlock slam and then shoulder breaker and then the painkiller and it was a squash. Yeah. <laughs> Then Tony interviews Max Payne and then says, Ric Flair, don't forget about me. So yeah. I wonder if Ric Flair is going to face Max Payne uh, and Ric Flair is obviously going to win because I don't think Max Payne's going to beat him. Like, you know, like when wrestlers come or big wrestlers that come over to like uh, back to wherever they came from or come back, they like face these uh, mid carters to like put them over yeah i think i think we're gonna have a max Payne rick flair match soon i think so too they've been kind of building that yeah so. since last week or something i want to say so i i i'm gonna make a prediction okay we're gonna do this yeah. the one-on-one thing with barry windham and uh rick flair and with probably moderator eric bischoff uncle bischoff um and I think Max Payne is going to interrupt to the point where either A, he's going to get beat up by both Ric Flair and Barry Windham, or Rick or Barry, or Max Payne is going to sucker punch Ric Flair into having a feud. So that's my prediction. Okay. So let's see what happens on that. By the way... Big Sky versus Van Hammer. Van Hammer's back, everybody. Yeah. We haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. I think he and, was hurt or something. Yeah. And I wrote, holy shit, Sky is way bigger than fucking Van Hammer. That dude was tall as fuck. Like, remember when, like, they were tagging together, him and Vinny Vegas? Vinny Vegas is out here with him, by the way. Yeah. Um, And, like, they were fighting some fucking jobbers or some shit, and they, like, he was just as tall as fucking Kevin Nash was, mm-hmm. if not a little bit taller. I think he was just a touch taller than him. Yeah, so I, I wrote, Sky had some good punches. His heel evading tactics are really good. I love how he, he's talking to Vinny Vegas, uh, getting advice from him. Um, Sky working the arm on Van was good. Van trying to come back, um, but the arm psychology, you know, when he was doing suplexes and other match. uh other moves like you could tell he was selling that arm stuff that was happening to him uh and then i love the foreign object uh from sky that he uh uses on uh van hammer and then that one black guy like hey that guy has something (laughs) he was pissed yeah (laughs) they liked van hammer he was over yeah he was way over the girls liked him it's like well i can see why i guess he's a big jacked up dude He's fucking. He looks. He looks pretty decent. I'm comfortable enough to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What did I write? You kind of hit everything I, I was going to, but uh, yeah, I like the ending. 
because it was like Van Hammer was coming back. He was beating the shit out of Sky, and he was in the corner. Just his arm was dangling over the rope or some shit. Like, oh fuck! And then Vay Vegas, he just like looks around and he just goes, slips that fucking shit right in his hand. Oh, I I missed when you know, uh, and MJF kind of does it still with the ring because every time like they use foreign objects, they would put in their trunks, and yeah. and and Sky did that. He hit him and then like hit it in the trunks, and then that's when they uh, turned to the black guy and Tony Schiavone is like, "See, even the fan knows he cheated." This <laughs> <laughs> kind of it was kind of funny this match though that Jesse was calling Sky out for cheating so blatantly, mm-hmm. like because he was doing this. He, was, he cheated a lot in the middle part of the match. He was like pulling on his hair and a headlock and fucking raking eyes and shit. He's like, he's doing it just right in front of him. Like, at least try to hide it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you uh, give this match? It was okay. Van Hammer is decent, but I think Sky is kind of green still. Yeah, so I gave it a 5 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I, I enjoyed it. Um, The Cole Twins. Keith Cole and Kent Cole... Versus J.D. Wolf and Tony Vincent. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, why are the Cold Twins so over still? I don't know. They struck a chord with everybody. <laughs> I don't know what it, it was. Their hair. It was their gear. It was the. It was a perfect storm. Dude, their moves are so smooth too. Like their teamwork stuff. It's out of control. Where like they would do a move where they would knock somebody down and then it would go into a submission. And I'm just like. Then, you know, the double uh, drop kicks, and they would do, like, a suplex into an arm bar. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Look, these guys, yeah, they have, like, great arm drags. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, that's a good arm drag. Like, like really, I've seen a lot of good arm drags in my day. Yeah. But, like, yeah, and then they were doing, like, these transitional, like, wrestling moves where it's, like, one of them did this thing where he, like, rolled through, grabbed the guy's leg. Like, it was like you'd almost put a guy in a knee bar, like, mm. in an MMA shit. And then he rolled over and put him in an arm submission. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know that they could do this stuff. Um, And, yeah, they had some good double team moves there. They did, like, a, they did a combination where it's, like, I think they did a knee lift thing. Like, gut punch, knee lift. I like a good knee lift. Mm-hmm. Um, they did one where, like, I think there was a gut punch, or no, it was a kick, and then he clotheslined the guy, and then the, the other one who punched him flipped him over in a matchbook cover. It was, like, really fast. It all happened, like, within two seconds. Which is like, oh, that was cool, you know? Um, they were good. Everything they did was good. And then I wrote, Tony Vincent has some of the worst strikes I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> He was like, like I was talking shit about Damian Demento missing, but like Tony Vincent looked like this is what it looked like to me. It looked like he knew he had to try to hit them, but he was scared of hitting him. Dude, I I wrote down and I said, "Wow, Tony Vincent is missing," and I think he just couldn't keep up with the Cold Twins. I think the Cold Twins were so they must have been on some type of cocaine because they were just like going from. From the beginning of the match, they were just on key. Like, there was nothing that would stop them. And I think Tony Vincent tried to, like, break it up a little bit. And it didn't work. Nothing happened. Yeah. 
it looked to me like he was trying to pull his punches and shit and just I don't know it was like he's like uh, uh. <laughs> um yeah he, uh that was like the finish the finish was like my, my favorite part like Tony Vincent keeps breaking him up and then eventually like Keith or Kent has enough of that shit he just runs over and punches him in the fucking face and then they start double teaming the piss out of both of them mm-hmm. and then they just win <laughs> double drop kick win by the way Oh yeah, man! The fucking rock and roll. I gave it a five point two out of ten. I gave it a five point seventy five out of ten. There you go. I was just so shocked by the the coals. I was like, "What the hell?" Like these guys are like kind of good. They're growing on me. I missed it because I have a thing. Like my team, my time is precious when I'm like watching stuff because I'm like I want to do some other stuff too. But um, Jesse Ventura was talking to the Cole brothers. What happened during that promo? Okay, it wasn't much, but I I wrote it down. Like, he goes to interview him, and then he's like, man, you guys are surprising me, you know? uh, It's you just like you're coming out of nowhere, and you've got this great chemistry. And did you guys know you have a fan club? Is, like, what he says. Mm -hmm. And then they look at each other, and they're like, we have a fan club? He's like, yeah, we got a fan club. Yeah. They're like really excited about having a fan club. And then they just go off and that's it. And then Jesse's like, back to you, tough guy, Tony. And that's it. Jesse's been weird on commentary this week. He's been more of like a tweener than anything, right? I think he's they sort of found their niche. Because remember at first, like when they first got paired up, it felt awkward. Okay. Like it felt like, like Jesse was, you got to think it's like Jesse came from WWF where he was used to being really mean on commentary. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was mean as fuck to Vince. And then he was also mean as fuck to like monsoon or anybody else that was, that was counter to him. Um, And this is just my theory is like, he did that same thing. And I think Tony was just like, taken aback by like how mean he was like it kind of bothered him a little bit (laughs) Mm -hmm. because it just to me it's like when they were first on commentary it felt really awkward like they weren't getting along and i think maybe they had a discussion he's like hey man you're like a little too mean on commentary to me (laughs) he's like all right well i'll i'll tone it down a little bit (laughs) because tony shivani is like a nice dude so like i i guess i could see that I think that's what happened. They had a talk. He's like, just don't, don't like, you know, don't rip bury my me, asshole. brother. <laughs> don't rip my asshole apart on commentary all the time. Just, can you be like, just kind of mean, not too mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I could do that. All right. Jeez, uh, where were we at? <laughs> Vinny Vegas versus Rex Cooper. Big skies with Vinny this time. Yeah, interesting. I, I, I wonder if this is going to be like a tag team, right? Vinny and Sky, because if they're going to be doing this like manager role kind of thing, because usually when there's tag team, like your tag team brother will be outside helping you out. So you think that's brewing up probably? I think because like at first they just team together. I, I think what the role here is, is like, I think Vinny Vegas is mentoring him mm-hmm. because I noticed that a couple times during the match, he looked at it at big sky and he's like, watch this brother. Like what? This is how you do shit. And he's beating the fuck out of this guy. Yeah. He was showboating a lot in this match. I think like Nash 
at this point he's like gotten really comfortable as like being a wrestler and shit. I wrote down. I said Vinny Vegas. This is like um, a prequel to what Diesel is gonna be, pretty much. Yeah, it's like the prototype of Diesel, um, and you could totally see in his wrestling where he's being his tall guy, doing. Uh, and I want to say, as much as I don't, I'm not a Kevin Nash fan at all, um, but I do yeah, like. Not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do like Vinny Vegas for some strange reason because I think it's a hybrid of what he's tr he's trying to be like that uh, fast paced wrestler, but he's also mixing in with that tall big guy wrestling moves and shit, and I really dig it. Um, so I, I I that's all I have to say. It, this was a squash match. This was just a bunch of Vinny showboating showing Sky how to use your big body to defeat a person. Uh, and I, and I really digged it. What would you have to say about this match? I said, Rex has a very respectable mullet. Yes. <laughs> it's like totally like nice and even up front. And then the back just wham party in the back party in the back. Yeah. <laughs> but I wrote, it was another Vinny Vegas squash special. Yep. <laughs> It just yeah, you know, like it was good. It was a good squash. You know, he did some shit. He beat the fuck out of this guy, and then Snake Eyes. I love. I I will say I love Snake Eyes. Um, I what, like his version of it. Yeah. What is Kevin Nash or what was Diesel's finisher move? Jackknife powerbomb. Oh yeah, that's right. God damn it, yeah. dude. Whatever. <laughs> I like the Snake it's, Eyes better. Like me too. Like the. When he first started doing the powerbomb, he did it pretty good. But when later on WCW, he got kind of lazy with it. Dude, he, that's what, <laughs> like, a, like a lot of things. I, I'm going to go on a tiny rant. I started hating Kevin Nash pretty much when NWO happened. Like when he was Diesel, I was like, all right, I kind of like him as Diesel. And then when he was with the Outsiders, when they were just the Outsiders, not even NWO, I was like, I still like Kevin Nash, but when Ke when NWO Kevin Nash happened, Kevin Nash just felt like you could tell like, oh, this is a big thing. I'm going to capitalize on it, but I'm going to be yeah. lazy making money. And that's <laughs> that's what I hated about Kevin Nash. Yeah. So I, I agree with that. Um, Let's see. Uh, Rick Rude comes back for an interview. And. He says he's an inferno that's going to engulf the entire WCW. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> does does Rick Rude become a like a world heavyweight championship? Or um, I think he did previously. Like my, my timeline's a little off with him in terms of what he did because he goes back to WWF at some point. Yeah, but like at some point when he's over there during his WCW run right now, like I think he goes there in like ninety one or ninety two. Mm -hmm. He does get the big gold belt at some point. Uh, and I remember, like, he had a feud with Sting over it or some shit. Uh, so he was on top there for a little bit. Oops, sorry. Um, yeah, he's he's an inferno. Nothing will be left, and Rick Rude will be professional wrestling. I'm like, yeah, that's a good promo. I, lo I loved it. Um. Uh... Johnny B. Bad versus Fred Avery. 
what the fuck was Fred Avery wearing? <laughs> he was like, was he wearing like a fucking poncho or some shit? I, I don't know. It was weird. He took it off. He's wearing. It literally looked like he was wearing a black poncho. <laughs> and then he took it off, and he had like the loudest ass fucking rain gear almost. Freddie Mercury beat him, but yeah. Um. Uh. <laughs> This is a squash, basically, for Johnny. He like no, he no sold a clothesline for the, from this guy that I, I thought that was bizarre because he's a big fat guy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that should have fuck. You should have went down for that. I don't know. What was that top that. rope <laughs> move that he did? By the way, oh, that's his finisher. Besides, sometimes when he punches a guy and it finishes them, really? But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, a top rope sunset flip it's weird it looked like, awkward it, it does look now i was surprised he hit the guy with it from so far away like that actually shocked me i was like damn i thought he was gonna fuck up and like land on his head or some shit it was still awkward because the guy was like literally in the other corner but like yeah he was like he was like three quarters of the way across the ring yeah and john to be bad like made it near his feet but somehow made it look like he flipped him and I'm just like, how did that happen? But it was, <laughs> but it was a squash. So like, there was not enough like for me to like review it. <laughs> me, yeah, the same here. Like the, the fat guy punched him a couple times, I think, and then he just did a head scissors and did some giant be bad shit, and he hit his top rope sunset flip. That's such a weird finish to me. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's okay to do occasionally for a match finish like a, oh man you get him with the, the trick roll up the technical pin but that's his finisher right now and it's just strange <laughs> so our main event vader versus tim dixon who the fuck is tim dixon uh, tom dixon but who gives a fuck because it's big van vader and he loves to play with his fucking squash matches. Dude, does he do so many fucking splashes? I loved it so much. <laughs> this is great. This is, I still say Vader's like the, this is the blueprint for like a fun squash match. Because mm-hmm. he just, it's great. Like at first he's just like doing this, oh shit. Like he's like fucking with him. Like he's like, you want to go? Come on, brother. Let's go. And then he just shoves him down. Like twice, he just goes, uh, just shoves him, <laughs> and then he like, uh, I think he punches him a couple times, then does like a Samoan drop, and then he does two Vader bombs. So many, dude, so many. <laughs> and the then point. he starts, he runs back and forth across the ropes twice, and then he does a big splash. <laughs> dude, he was playing around with his opponent so much. That I thought, um, Davy Boy Smith, because I, literally that's what's leading to it. Um, I thought Davy Boy Smith was going to come out for, like, the save. Be like, yeah, don't kill this fucking uh, jobber. But he didn't come out, dude. Like, <laughs> there were so many splashes. I thought, I thought, I thought literally Tom Dixon was going to die. Because it's, it's Tim Dixon. You don't even know his name. <laughs> Tim Dixon. Tom Dixon. Same thing. That's why, that's why British Bulldog didn't come out. He thought it was Tom Dixon. He didn't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he wasn't done with him even after that. He picked him up and threw him in the corner, started doing his patented beat the shit out of you in the corner stuff. 
That's the perfect time for British Bulldog to come out. Like, do what Sting does. <laughs> do what Sting does, come out, and then, like, have, a have like, a whole stable of people from their early 30s to their early 20s run away from you because you're a 60-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and one of them's a jacked-up fucking bodybuilder. The other guy's a powerhouse. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, do you have anything else to say about it? It's a squash match. I mean. It's, it's a Vader squash. Yeah, That's what I have to it's say. A, it's a best Vader squash. But the big thing I want to bring up is his fucking promo, dude. <laughs> this dude, literally, you could you could have Vader talk about anything. And, and he, he makes it sound epic as fuck. And yeah. Like, you're going to like, you're just going to be brutalized every time. He could be like, the mortgage is so much money. Ooh, ooh, it's great arrogance. And he calls out Sting again. He calls out Sting again. He says, He keeps calling Sting out. He's like, Sting, come, you want to fight? You want to come out of here? And I'm, I'm not like, hard to find, brother. Dude, I was like, I, I'm, I'm not lying. I was, I was, my, my face had a smile, and I was like, are we gonna get a Sting, Stinger versus Vader match? And it never happened, and I got so sad because I was like, are we getting that next week? I hope we are getting Vader versus Sting next week somehow. But I'm probably Sting go back to the castle, the White Castle of Fear. <laughs> Oh god! What do you have to say about the promo? Because I this is where I thought like Davy because he started talk, talking about Davy Boy Smith, and I thought this would be the perfect time to like bring him out and have like a brawl kind of thing. But maybe they're yeah. bu- building up more of that. Yeah, I'm waiting for that to pop off. Um, I don't know when it is. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of soon. Like I think next month. I think they're. I think because WCW doesn't have a pay per view again. I think until like um, May. Uh, and I think in May, what happens is it turns into a tag team feud briefly, with Vader and Sid. Yes, fucking Sid. <laughs> Hell yeah! And Sting and British Bulldog team up against them, and I'm like, that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I I I love Sid. I don't know something about Sid just does it for me. I love when Sid yells at people. Yes, I want I want to see Sid and Vader do promos together. It'd be best friends and yes. laugh evilly. Oh man, I can't wait for this, dude. I <laughs> I I'm praying when WWE Network moves the Peacock that everything is move over moved over so that we don't get interrupted by that shit. So yeah, no. Otherwise, we'll have to find it somehow or something yeah <laughs> uh great promo though yeah it's like i said vader just makes epic promos about brutalizing the shit out of people mm-hmm. easy somehow he just does that off the top of his head i don't think anybody could have wrote that shit <laughs> <laughs> so would you get the whole show um i said it was okay show cactus and rip was good it was great to see rude again He's been sorely missed, I think. Uh, I give it 5.75 out of 10. I give it a way higher score. I thought even with the squashes and 
the big skies and the Vinny Vegas and uh, the Cactus Jack and the Rip Rogers. I gave this a 6.45 out of 10. Mm. I thought I actually had fun watching this because I watched this first before Raw because obviously because this is March 20th before March 22nd. And I had a good time from watching from beginning to end. Raw is the only one where I'm just like, why am I watching this? Like, this, it's wasting my time. I, I'm, I'm sad to say that, but like, the, the most of whatever Raw puts out, it, it dreads me. It kind of reminds me of what Raw is today. Ooh, yeah. I get that feeling a lot when I'm watching it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And I'm just like, put, you, you need to book better. Like, and, and what's funny about this is like, we know what it turns into. Because, I mean, obviously it gets worse down the road because there's a point where uh, WWF is like struggling against WCW. That's where the WCW Monday Night Wars start to like brew a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, but like it, 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 it's almost feeling like it's a job that I have to watch it <laughs> because I, you know, obviously we have to do the podcast and I have to watch it. It's a uh, job. Yeah. But again, WCW Saturday night is, is killing raw again. I mean, I think there was that one week where raw won it by like just a little bit. I think it was just cause of the flare and perfect match. If I remember right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna bump this up to six actually, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, I think I'm not sure about this, but I want to say I was kind of like going forward a little bit on the network, looking ahead. I want to say I think the next couple of rolls will be interesting, the ones that come after WrestleMania. Good, because because Jerry Lawler shows up on Raw. Okay, all right, and then apparently Jerry Lawler gets to do a feud with Macho Man. Fuck yeah, I'm down. And I'm like, is it <laughs> like he does this whole thing where apparently he refuses to wrestle three times in that episode. So he's cutting promos. Fuck yeah. So like I think things are gonna get a little bit better. Yeah, and when's the part where we see the one, two, three kid against uh fucking Razor? I don't think that's that happens yet. I think that happens in the summer. Okay. So yeah. we got we got some time. We gotta get through the spring before we get to the summer. So anyway, if you haven't noticed, everybody, I've been drinking rum and coke throughout this whole thing, and I I'm feeling it right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling it, dog. <laughs> um. So uh, March. Let's see what we got here. Uh, we just did twenty and twenty second. So we have WCW Saturday Night March twenty seventh. 1993, and then WWF Raw, Monday Night Raw, March 29th, uh, 1993. And that will end the month, and then after we do, you know, the next show, and then after that show, we have our award show. Um, yeah. So keep an eye on that. And then that's when uh, Zach needs to create a, another calendar for me to keep up <laughs> with the uh, April, May, and June um, That's right. So, we're 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 gonna stick with this. I this is a we're gonna we're gonna do it live, Zach. Um, I think we take it from here from 1993 all the way to the Monday Night Raw. 
uh, the Monday Night uh, uh, War. We can. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I'm going to say this. I think I'm a WCW uh, Nitro uh, mark. I mean, there was a period of time where I did like it quite a bit. Yeah, so. But I did sort of always stick by WWF, even like during those hard times, I would still try to watch it. Yeah, so. Anyway, guys, watch that, and then we will, um, you know, we'll talk about it. And then uh, we're almost close to WrestleMania, so. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, so. Anyway, guys, I think we'll end it here. Um, if you want to catch more some Getting Some Color, uh, make sure you type some Getting Some Color in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle. And then you'll catch all our episodes. Next, the next episode is going to be episode 30. We did 30 episodes of Getting Some Color. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. We're at 140 for fucking Big Trouble. Now we're at 30 episodes for fucking Getting Some Colors. Soon we're going to be doing some Nemesis project when I finish Resident Evil 6 when I beat the half of it that I have left on that. So, anyway, we will end it here. So, ooh, yeah, dig it. Get some color. Yeah. Freak out. Yeah. Freak out. Later, guys. <laughs>